You're listening to Lather Talk with your hosts, John Shea and Gerard Gustillo. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Lather Talk. This is John here. First off, we have a brand new intro courtesy of friend of the show, Arvin Lucio. Thank you so much, Arvin, for lending your smooth, sultry voice to the show. Also, I am very excited to introduce to you our guest today, Rob Moffat of Chisel and Hound. Rob is a talented artist and shaving brush maker based out of Alexander, Arkansas. You may have known him by his previous name, That Darn Rob. He went full-time into brush making October 2019, and Gerard and I had the pleasure of collaborating with Rob for the recent release of Voices. In our conversation, we'll get into how Rob started wet shaving, how he started turning brushes, being a dad, the challenges of transitioning into a full-time brush maker, and we'll also get an in-depth look on how Rob's Fanturian Badger Knots came about, as well as his insights on customer preferences and brushes and how that's changed over time. As always, a big thank you to the Lather Talk patrons. Thank you guys for financially supporting the show and the channel. If you'd like to help out, you can get more information at www.patreon.com slash lather talk, get access to behind the scenes looks and outtakes and much more. All right. So without further delay, let's get on to our interview with Rob. All right. And we are live, guys. I am joined along with my co-host Gerard. Hey, Gerard. Hey, what's going on? We are joined by a wonderful guest, someone that we've wanted on the show for a while now, and we finally made it happen this episode. Folks, will you please give a warm welcome to Rob Moffat of Chisel and Hound? Rob, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on, sir. Uh, Rob is very well known for his shaving brushes, artist and brush maker in the house so i think we can just start kind of like very standard question kind of just to warm things up and that is how did you get into wet shaving uh i've got fairly sensitive skin and for a long time uh using multi-blade razors i was getting bumps and and razor burn and stuff uh so i went looking for something better um saw a couple of YouTube videos and uh, picked up a Gillette pre-war tech at a flea market for like five bucks. Uh, grabbed a Vonderhagen set from Walmart and I was off to the races. And I used that god-awful boar brush and uh, <laughs> that shed with every use and that lousy soap for probably a year or two and it's kind of built from there I, I use that very same set i don't know if i ever told you that i, I started out with that did it come really? with the green the little green bowl as well yeah blue on the outside green on the middle yeah in the middle yeah, yeah. a little blue plastic brush but you stuck out with that set for like over a year yeah uh, i mean i didn't realize that there was anything else out there i didn't realize there were all these uh shave communities on Facebook and Reddit and all this. Um, so I just rocked with what I had. Yeah. And then um, my dad for Christmas one year uh, made me a set. Um, he was, he made pens primarily, um, but he saw that there were kits available for razors and brushes. So he made me one and I loved it. Um, despite the fact that it was the, the knot was actually worse than that Vonderhagen, um, if you can believe it. But, um, I eventually pulled it out and put a little Plasson knot in there and used that. And that got me to thinking, you know, just having that set, I was like, man, I'll bet there's a market for this. Um, cause by that time I kind of found a, um, let's see, I, I guess I found Wicked Edge first um, on Reddit and realized that, oh, there are a lot of guys doing this or, you know, shaving like this. Um, there's probably a market for 
nicer brushes than this Walmart garbage. And uh, <laughs> that kind of led me to getting a lathe and trying making brushes for myself. All right. So you shared how you got into wet shaving. And now we have the kernel of, you know, realizing there's a market, especially particularly for brushes. So kind of walk us through how did you, you know, kind of what was it like first getting on onto the lathe uh, to the point of like, when did you sell your first brush and uh, kind of that journey? All right. Uh, well, I had, uh, I had to justify buying a lathe um, because I didn't have a business going yet. So um, I came up with some projects around the house that needed to be done and I didn't have any proper tools. So I found a shopsmith, which is a, uh, a combination machine that's uses one motor and it has different attachments. So it can be a table saw, it can be a band saw, a drill press, a lathe and belt sander, disc sander, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to, you know, change its orientation and, um, you can move it from one position to another and have different machines, um, which is good in theory. It's not good at any of those roles. <laughs> and in, most of them are sketchy as hell. I went, I picked up the lathe or the shopsmith and got started. Um, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was ready to do brushes yet. So I started making razors um, because the razor kits were fairly inexpensive and they started selling. I was put, I was putting them up on uh, Facebook and Reddit and people started buying them and they started asking about brushes. And okay. I just kept saying, I don't know how to do that. You know, I'm not, cause I didn't want to do the kits um, because I saw the shortcomings of those. Um, and then Matthew Marting, uh, brush guy, reached out to me on Reddit and was like, Hey, I've seen your razors. They look great. You need to make some brushes and kind of got me started, told me, you know, what I needed and, you know, how, how to do it basically, you know, uh, do this, flip it around, do that. And, um, I picked up a few things and, um, started the first few were pretty rough looking back but uh, you know just kind of incrementally got better and started working in different materials and uh, pouring my own resins and stuff and Matthew was a big help there as well um, kind of talking me through okay well this is what you need to buy here's where you can buy pigments and you know things like that and uh you know, I've, I've kind of passed that to other brush makers as I got going and figured it out on my, on my own, um, kind of passing that on to other guys, um, through the years. That's great. I feel like we've heard other similar stories, whether it's brush makers kind of help, helping out, you know, people new to that craft, soap makers getting assistance. I think that came up when we talked to mm -hmm. Chris Cullen of Katie's Bubbles. Exactly. I was going to say that Chris, yeah. Chris is notorious for, you know, being the, the big brother of the soap community. Totally. And it's like well, on, on two fronts, right? For the actual soap making. And then, hey, you want to get into like making your own your fragrances. How do you start with that? Um, he's such, such a, yeah, such a great resource. Like if he's in your Facebook group or, you know, or like subreddit. Yeah. Such a valuable resource. We love you, Chris. Not getting enough drama, talking smack, or hooligan hijinks from your regular forums, social media, or Reddit? Well, the Lather Talk Discord is not for you. Sorry to disappoint. But if you're looking for a cool place to hang out with fellow traditional shaving degenerates, come on down to the Lather Talk Discord. Share your shave of the days, mail calls, or talk about your favorite hardware or software and just about everything in between. Once again, that's Lather Talk Discord. Check out the link below. Rob, how many kids do you have? I've got two. How uh, many do you I've claim? Got... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
you had asked me a couple of years ago, it would have been a different answer. But uh, now I've got I've got Cash, who's who's five, mm-hmm. six. He would have yelled at me. He's six, and Haley uh, is nineteen from my from my first marriage. Um, I was what twenty two when she was born, wow. and uh, yeah, so. Um, that was that was tough, but yeah, uh, a couple. See, like I'm 39. I, I I'm an old first time dad, and you were a young first time dad. <laughs> yes, and also an old first, uh, an old second, second time, time dad. <laughs> yeah, old uh, second time dad. I, I had it. I had it all figured out, guys. Haley was going to graduate high school. Yeah, the week before my 40th birthday, and I was oh. done. And then had cash. <laughs> so <laughs> started over from scratch. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, nothing, nothing that I've learned with Haley will apply because so much time has gone by. They're living in different worlds. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. he's a little boy and she was a little girl and they're so freaking different. Um, so yeah, I'm starting from scratch, just older. I'm, I'm sure there's some things though, as far as like, you know, like, like what kids you need pet- love. Yeah. Yeah. So, some things hold true regardless. Right. Yeah. And, but I think eventually I like, <laughs> what you freak out over or what makes you, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm Asian. Yes. What is love? I, I've told John this story, right? Like, you know, like like um, growing up, uh, you know, from parents who emigrated immigrated here to the United States. Like, my parents were were chill for you know, like relatively chill as as Asian parents. But I legitimately do not remember hearing the words "I love you" from their mouths until like my thirtieth birthday. My mom was in the oh. Philippines and called me. Like, you know, just to say like, hi, because she missed my birthday that year. And then at the end of, at the end of it, she's like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Bye. And I was like, <laughs> who is this? But, like, like, what? I'm like, all right, all right, I love you. Bye. And then I hang up the phone. I call my brothers. I'm like, hey, did you talk to mom? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, hey, did, did, did she tell you like, I love you? And they're like, yeah. Is she sick? <laughs> <laughs> Like we all thought, like, like, is she gonna tell us she that died? she has like cancer or something? Oh, no. And I'm like, and we we still don't even know why. We don't know why it was then. Did she read a book or something? My mom doesn't read. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was oh, the Holy wow. Ghost. The Holy was, Ghost inspired her. Yeah, or, and, and it wasn't like it wasn't like yeah, it, you know, it was. They got us pretty much like you know, everything that we ever needed growing up. Very very good. You know, like just middle class childhood. It, it's just like the words. It was the words, mm. right? Right. Which, which wow. the, the the whole you know five love languages thing. It's like traditionally traditional Asian families are much more acts of service than yeah. Yeah. what's other words? Is it words of encouragement or, um, or yeah, that um, not to say it doesn't happen. Affirmate, yeah, thank you. Yeah, not to say it doesn't happen, but it, there is this kind of weird through line amongst different Asian ethnicities, even where this holds true. What What were some of the kind of like the, the big challenges to, to transition to full time uh, full time brush making? I think the biggest thing was uh, discipline. I did not think like if you had asked me at any point in my life if I was going to uh, own my own business or be an entrepreneur that was the farthest thing from my mind Um, I I never thought along those lines the the goal when I was in college I went to college for studio art uh, and everybody asked what the heck are you going to do with that because frankly I wasn't that good um, but the, the plan was, I, you know, I will live in a van and 
sell enough to get by, you know, that was the whole plan. Um, until I had a daughter at the age of 22 and then that kind of sobers you up. And, uh, I, I switched over to graphic design and my ambition was to work for an advertising agency and, um, you know, have my work in glossy magazines and that didn't pan out either. I mean, I, I, I did work in advertising for a little while, but I never thought, oh, I'm going to be my own boss. Um, and so whenever I actually left my, my nine to five job, it was okay. Immediately establish a schedule. Uh, because I'm a procrastinator by nature. Um, I had to force myself into a rigid structure. And that structure has changed a little bit over the last three years, but there's still very much a structure to my my day. There's a structure to uh, the two-week cycle of a drop. So uh, that was probably the biggest uh, adjustment for me was, you know, scaling things up and keeping things on a schedule and thinking about the money differently as well. Because, you know, uh, with, when I had a full-time job, the brush making money, well, that was, that was just excess. That was fun money, you know? And so we used it to, pay off all of our debt and we did all this stuff. And I, you know, if I saw a tool I needed, I, or wanted, I bought it. And when half of the income goes away, the half that's left is, you know, there's, there's no more fun to be had. All right, Rob. So now we have some listener questions for you. These are coming from the Lather Talk Discord. Uh, I always leave a little advertisement from our good friend Arvin for the Discord, but we'd love for you guys to come check it out. You can interact with with us, talk about shaving and non-shaving things, and also, you know, you have a chance to have your question be asked to the guest. So here, it's not all of them, but here are a few choice ones. And just to open things up, uh, first question here is from Wise One, and he asks, "Why do all brush makers have beards?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's weir- it's we weird. We are kind of weird. Just as a rule, uh, brush makers are wildly unattractive people. <laughs> mm. Mm. As much of this as we can cover up uh the better you know the next question is from ray mooney um how do you come up with the names for your brush handles the naming of brushes is the is one of the worst parts of the job um and i I hate to break it to everybody but they're meaningless um I would prefer to just give them numbers and send them out the door. Uh, but that doesn't work. They, they literally don't sell as well. Um, I, I tried it several times in the past and the brushes would just sit there. I'd go in, say a week later, tack a name on after the number and they would start selling. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, a lot of times the the names are just the materials that they're made of, um, you know, when it comes to wooden brushes. And uh, sometimes it'll be, uh, you know, influenced by the music I'm listening to when I turn it or, um, you know, I, I don't know, I, I'll think of something funny and nobody else might get it but it's a joke in here somewhere and it makes me happy. So, so uh, I have a, a proposition for future names. Um, so if you want to choose names like uh, 
like apathy. I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, monkey's paw, because no matter what you wish, it's going to be bad. <laughs> there you go. There you, know, you go. Um, you know, you don't have to give me credit, but if I, if I see it out there and it sells quicker than the others, <laughs> then then we will know. <laughs> There, there was, there was one brush um, that had a had a, a meaningful name. Um, that was a brush called Suck It Esposito. <laughs> oh yes, uh, yes, I remember seeing that. Yeah, uh, because I was our, so tempted our, to click on and buy it. <laughs> our, See, there, our, there mutual, our mutual, our um, mutual acquaintance. It's mm-hmm. the the nicest word I can come up with uh, for for Ben. Um, we just want to make sure it's Ben Esposito and not the other one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Ben Esposito, <laughs> of, House of, of Man. Yeah, um, yes. He uh, in in one of our our group chats, he was talking about how um, no brush makers make a solid black brush. You know, are you guys too afraid to see? You know, to show the flaws in your work or whatever. So I made a solid black brush and. <laughs> called it suck at esposito <laughs> and uh to ben's credit he he bought the brush um, like immediately uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah i think i remember i think i remember yeah. you actually posting the link and i think by the time i saw it it was like like five minutes later it was already gone <laughs> i might i might start just doing random call outs of specific people you know and see if they'll <laughs> moving on anyway, <laughs> next <moving> question <laughs> we'd like to have a good time but you know, get some stuff done too uh, next question comes from Disco Ball uh, and they ask do you see yourself making brushes from different materials in the future and trying something new not necessarily for selling uh, but for personal use or simply testing constantly I'm always looking hmm. for new materials, novel materials. Um, you know, I got curious the other day and was uh, trying to come up with the number of different woods that I've used and just started a, a list, like an Excel spreadsheet of every wood that I could think of that I've made brushes from. And I'm up to 115 species of wood. Um, you know, different plastics, different resins, uh, woolly mammoth ivory, fordite, uh, just, and then, you know, I've got brushes that are conglomerations of 10, 15 different materials altogether. Mm. Uh, leather, I've used, you know, stacked leather uh, in the past. So yeah, I'm I'm constantly looking for something else that I can incorporate, something else that I can dabble with. I've got a, a, a sub question to tack onto that one. Um, just okay. off the top of your head, favorite material uh, you've used and most hated material you've used. Ooh, okay. Uh, favorite material. Uh, it's not an exciting material at all uh it's a very common one uh but cherry it's Mm. you know i mean it's a domestic hardwood so it's cheap it's readily available um but it's so fun to turn the smell is amazing it takes a finish really well it can be polished to like a glass-like finish um it's just a pleasure to cut and every time I do it, I think I should do this every day. <laughs> um, least favorite? It's a really tight race. Um, number one, I'm going to say black palm. Uh, hmm. Worst material I've ever worked with. It's uh, if you imagine like say bamboo skewers, you know, they're really hard, really fibrous. If you had a handful of bamboo skewers and stuck them together with chewing gum and then tried to turn it, 
that's about what it's like turning black palm. It's Ew. awful. Um, chunks come out and it breaks weird. It's it's not fun. I've done it twice. I'll never do it again. Um, and then Fordite. Fordite's pretty terrible uh, just because the you've got all these layers of paint, right? Fordite is... Um, chunks of paint from Ford uh, factory spray boots, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's just thousands of layers of paint uh, caked up over years. And then they, you know, they break it out and they sell it. And uh, every now and then you'll have a layer of paint that doesn't stick to the layer below it. And so you'll be turning and then just a whole chunk of resin or paint comes out. And then, you know, you're left with this, you know, pitted mess. Uh, and you yeah. have to kind of piece it back together and try again. Um, and then woolly mammoth ivory. Um, it's, it's really special. I enjoy the finished product because it's, it's beautiful and it's, one of those things where, holy cow, this was hanging off the face of an elephant, you know, 40,000 years ago. That's mind-blowing to me that I get to hold it, much less to create something out of it. You know, that's pretty special. Um, but it smells like absolute ass. Um, just during that explicit tag. No, um <laughs> No, it uh, it smells very much like burning hair when you're working with it because it is, you know, it's essentially forty thousand year old keratin. Uh, so whenever you heat it up, it just stinks. Um, in fact, last time I worked with it, I had a huge chunk of it. Um, it's like. I don't know, five or six inches in uh, uh, diameter, several pounds of, of ivory. And I was cutting it on my bandsaw, had the roll-up doors on my shop open, and my neighbors were complaining about the smell. <laughs> and their house is not close. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like 100 yards from my shop to their house. And it was potent. Wow. My wife made me leave my clothes on the back porch. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't bring them in the house. Yeah. All right. John, we have to well, figure out an item that Rob can turn so that it can take the first place on worst things ever. <laughs> durian. At least. Uh, <laughs> petrified durian. Per petrified durian. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you, you'll thank turn you. Fruits. But but maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah i'll that's a hard pass on the durian are you familiar with it i'm familiar yeah um i've never had it um but my wife actually lived for a few years in thailand when she was in high school oh and um and she, she's you know we she likes durian <laughs> oh god no but oh. she's <laughs> she's i've heard horror stories about it and then we uh you know anytime we're in a um we go back to oklahoma city they've got a, a huge asian market um mm. and you smell Arkansas the place standard. before you see it <laughs> you do you do um so yeah uh it, my last trip through the uh through that market you know, they've got all of the, the tanks of live fish in the back and then, um, which smell amazing. And then, uh, the durian is just wrapped in just layer on layer of saran wrap to kind of keep it contained, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it will not be tamed. No. Just to, um, re re you know, inform people who are, who don't know, Durian is a tropical fruit, if you can call it that. Uh, 
that grows uh, predominantly in Southeast Asia. It is known as the smelliest fruit in the world. It has the texture of like a runny cheese. Um, some people thinks you know uh, thinks it, it smells great. I don't talk to those people anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've also heard it. It's like it's like it's like a you know rotting cheese and feet. You know, like came together and just assaulted your your palate on your Gar taste buds. <laughs> Garlic and feet. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Yeah, I've had it once. Have I had it? We yes. In... You've had it, yeah. I, I've had it once in Taiwan. It, it I, I describe it as like an onion custard with like a little tinge of mango. <laughs> uh, I think it is like bad oh. breath. Onion custard. Like those are <laughs> onion. two words that just onion. I know. Near like, one another. There's two things you don't expect to put together, but there there they are when it's ripe. Every... <sighs> Everyone should be thankful that Voices ended up being mango sticky rice and not a durian <laughs> like derivative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Voices, though, I should have done this at the top of the show. But Rob, we have to thank we we really do have to thank you uh, both of us for um, just helping us out with that release, turning those brushes that you did with the mango wood, um, and and just offering you know your 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 services uh unsolicited so we really appreciate that we thought those brushes came up beautifully um and just really happy to have you kind of you know, along for the ride for that first release of ours oh you're absolutely welcome uh it was a pleasure uh working you know, with you guys and for a cause as uh important as uh stopping asian hate it's okay to hate durian, though, just to put that out there. It's okay, guys. <laughs> just because you... <laughs> Wait, what's that meme? It's just like, it's just... It's, 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 you know, like, like, like racial hate, you know, like food hate, durian hate. <laughs> like, like, together. <laughs> oh, the, the, the arms clasp me. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. We're gonna find it, someone's gonna comment now. Someone's gonna be just like, "I don't know what you guys are, you know, talking about. How doing is terrible." <laughs> oh, yeah. it is not that bad. It's pretty bad. It's, it's for the. Um, I'll it? leave that. If you question else. whether it's a fruit or not, like if, if I ate it, and I'd be like, "Is this, is this food?" Like that would be like, "Is this <laughs> yeah. cheese?" <laughs> They're like this that, is a fruit. This, like this grows from the ground. <laughs> what? Like that's that that that. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Uh, you know, I will say this. Durian in certain products is is okay. It's it's tolerable. Um, I've had like durian uh, like muffins. I've had durian ice cream. Those were both okay. Am I jumping to those things? No, never. Yeah, right? there are plenty of better ice creams than durian right durian candy is awful it is so awful durian chewing gum is awful <laughs> it is okay i i go for gum to keep my breath from smelling like durian <laughs> yes like, that's well, we'll have to go back to for people who might not have liked the voices, you know, set. We said different strokes for different folks. So acquired taste is another phrase. I will definitely pull my my name out of that hat. Like, uh, I, if we, yeah, if I'm not... we're going durian, I am not. <laughs> I'm not associating <laughs> myself with with that project. I think it would hurt your cause. It would hurt your cause. <laughs> it, it, the proceeds would go to. Uh, you know, more AAPI hate if, if, if that was the case, okay? That is not happening. Sure, so this is from J Beast Mode. Um, yeah, there's just, it, it's basically in relation to um, a lot of it is based upon uh, the dots that you that you use. Um, 
so have you seen much change in demand in the brush industry? And then the not related questions are like, any plans to make hand tied knots or offer sizes other than 26 millimeter? And um, how much transparency is there when you get a new batch of your Venturians? Like, do you, do you get to like test the hair prior to, to knowing what you get? Or is it just like, a, at this point, I pretty much trust what they're going to give me. Okay. Um, as far as different demands in brush making or trends in, in brush making and, and not uh, characteristics, there are definitely uh, trends that come and go. Um, a few years ago, uh, it was density. You could not make a knot dense enough uh Everybody was was trying to have the absolute densest clump of hair they could possibly get, and uh, that got to a point where it was ridiculous, and people were like, "Oh, these aren't great," <laughs> you know they they hold too much lather, they you know they get too stiff when you get that much, so things kind of settled back down, and then it was gel tips oh, who's got the jelliest tips out there? And it got to the point where it was like using a slimy mop uh, with some of the different fibers that were out there that were just way over-treated. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been reined back in as well. So there's, you know, there's always something, uh, seems like there's always a fad, you know, and we'll if there's a market there, makers are going to fill that demand, you know, um, and then it will get carried too far and we'll rein it back in, you know. Uh, what was the next question? Um, any hand-tied knots? Hand-tied knots. Um, Mitch Hedberg <laughs> has a bit where he talks about, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're a comedian, everyone wants to know, well, do you write? Do you act? Uh, and it's it's kind of like you work for years to become a great chef and to learn to cook. And somebody asks, well, do you farm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't plan to make uh, hand-tied knots. Um, that's not what I enjoy. Uh I'm glad there are guys out there who do, and I support their hustle. Um, but that doesn't really appeal to me right now. Um, I want to focus all of my energy on coming up with creative, unique handles. Um, I have sourced what I believe is one of the best knots out there. Um, that is a great value. Um, you know, the bang for the buck of the, the Fanchurian knot is, I'd put that up against anything. So it would, it would take a lot of time, a lot of effort for me to get to the point where I could make a knot comparable to the Fanchurian, right? So I would rather invest that time in the craft that I enjoy, which is making the handles. Um, and, I, you know, that's kind of unfortunate because the market is set up in a way where if you're not making hand-tied knots, you're kind of considered a second-tier maker right um because there's this there's this perception that you know if you're just buying an off the shelf uh, in air quotes not um that it's not as good as the hand tied options and i'm not saying that the hand tied options aren't incredible but that's not my focus my focus is on these beautiful 
handles that I want to be works of art and I want to be like heirloom quality handles. Um, so no, I, all that to say, I don't plan on doing hand tied knots. Um, respect those who do. Um, as far as 28 millimeter knots, I've had a lot of requests for that. Um, the problem with doing 28 millimeter is I, I would have to choose one or the other. Um, and just drop 26 millimeter to focus on 28. Because if I, if I've turned a handle and it's this, you know, one of a kind handle and it's bored for a 26 millimeter, but the customer wants a 28, well, I'm going to have to either recreate it or I'm going to have to, you know, dremel it out to fit a 28 millimeter or vice versa. You know, I, I make a 28 millimeter handle that's too big for a 26 millimeter knot and, you know, the the end customer gets it and it's like, oh, I didn't realize this was a 28. I, I, I've got a 26 millimeter tuxedo here that I'm wanting to put in it. First of all, no, please don't. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan? Synth- I was going to say. <laughs> not a fan of, of uh, synthetic knots in general. And mm. I loathe the tuxedo. Uh, anyway, no, not going to do 28 millimeter. Uh, when it comes to transparency when sourcing my knots, um, I guess it was about four years ago when I got, when I sourced the first batch of Fanchurians, um, I checked around, found a source that I was comfortable with and explained what I wanted. You know, I want a super high quality, uh, fan shaped knot, 26 millimeters. I want a nice tall loft loft, um, you know, something with some real backbone and scrub. And they said, oh yeah, we can do that. And they sent me a batch. Uh, The first batch was very small and I did not get to try it out before it arrived. Um, So when it arrived, uh, it it was surprisingly good, but it it didn't have the density that I really wanted. Uh, This was right at the beginning of the the density wars. so we kind of went back and forth um and each each batch we kind of uh argued <laughs> for for lack of a better word or or I would uh I would tell them you know okay I like this I don't like this you know okay well this batch was really it was it, the density was great but the glue uh, flared out up above the plug and it was tough to get into, you know, the bore of the, of the handle. So you got to get that glue under control. Okay, great. That batch was, was much better, but there were, you know, an excessive number of upside down hairs and I had to pluck them out. So it's been a refinement thing. Um, but since about, uh, I don't know, V5, I think, is where we really, I think, nailed it. And from then on, it's kind of, okay, I need, you know, 200, 250, you know what I like. And they um, they have provided consistent quality. Uh, there's, there's variance between batches, of course, because uh, you're dealing with a natural fiber. Um, but it keeps it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, during the, the pandemic, uh, my source could not get enough hair. Uh, I, they wouldn't confirm, but I think they had to cull a lot of, uh, a lot of livestock, a lot of badgers, um, at the beginning stages of the pandemic. And so hair was in very short supply. So I started looking for other suppliers, spent, uh, a ridiculous amount of money ordering samples and um, I, I just couldn't find anything that was worth having. So I went months with no knots at all 
uh, rather than sell a subpar knot. And I just waited on my supplier to get the uh, the hair that I needed. You know, like during that gap though, um, because of, of sourcing, did, did you ever waver? Like consider synthetic or a, a, just another non-badger option? Or not not really, you, you always kind of were, wanted something badger. Feeling horsey? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, when I first started, I didn't offer a badger option at all. Um, it was all synthetics, and it was primarily the tuxedo. Um, but once I got, uh, I think it was like V3, V4, um, I liked my knot enough that I just discontinued all of my other options. I, I, I used to offer uh, 10 different knot options, different sizes, different fibers. And uh, once the like V4, V5, whatever it was, got dialed in, I sold off all my old stock. And uh, there's just not enough uh, meat on the bone whenever you pay for, for a synthetic knot and you're competing with you know, Maggard or, or West Coast that are able mm-hmm. to sell those things for 4 or $5. There's zero profit in it uh, for a smaller mm-hmm. maker. So I just let that go. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've focused on providing one quality option. I will set any knot you want. If you, you send me a, a tuxedo, from maggard i will set that thing and uh send it back to you i'll send my handles to uh any knotting service declaration uh turn and shave uh any of the others uh rhodium no problem it it makes no difference to me but when it comes to what i carry and what i stock and uh sorry for the air compressor i don't know if that's picking up it's, it's fine. Okay. Um, as far as what I what I inventory, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with my option. Which I guess if there's only one, it's not really an option, is it? <laughs> yes or no. But Rob, recently you had to deal with uh, something that's you know quite uh, quite a setback for a small business uh, when you had both Facebook and Instagram accounts. Um, I think due to some hacker activity or they were compromised either way, you lost access to them. And um, I was going to say that you got control of them both back, but Rob just informed us not (laughs) just as we started recording that uh, another of the accounts. You thought you uh, knew. I thought I knew. I thought everything was in the clear, but it's not. Anyway, can you share with uh, our listeners a little bit of that whole ordeal that happened just recently? Uh, yeah, um, back in early August, mid-August, whatever, um, I got a notification that my Facebook account had violated community standards and was being disabled and that I could appeal um, their decision. So I, I logged in to take a look and apparently my uh, account had been hacked and used to publish some heinous content. Um, And so I I fully supported Facebook's decision to pull down my, my page um, at that point. But I, I requested an, an appeal and they uh, got back with me like a day or two later and were like, no, we've decided that we're just not going to reinstate your account. Um, So it's, we're going to keep your data for 30 days and then it will be deleted. Um, And so I scrambled trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do I reach my audience without Facebook, without Instagram? Um, So I, I got involved uh, with your discord actually, which was wonderful. Um, and, uh, started 
marketing myself through my own website using my my email list and things like that things that i'd never done before um and when word got out um the response from the artisan community was amazing Mm -hmm. uh people who by all rights should be considered competitors were sharing my content and were telling people hey you need to go to rob's site you need to He's got a drop tomorrow. Um, and the, the community really showed up. Like the, the drop that happened like three days after my account was, uh, was deleted mm-hmm. uh, was my biggest drop since February of this year. Uh, wow. it, was, it was huge. Um, and people were just being amazingly supportive. Uh, one of my customers reached out to me. Um, he will remain anonymous. He knows who he is and I appreciate him. He reached out. He said, Hey, I heard about your problem. I work at Meta. What's going on? Explained it. He got my account. Uh, he submitted a, an internal request for review, got my account restored. Uh, and I've, I've had access to it for uh, a little over a month. And then uh just this past weekend uh this is the first weekend in october as we talk about this yep Uh uh-huh um my account i i was getting some uh messages through facebook messenger in what was clearly vietnamese and uh so i was like "Eh, okay i don't think i've got any customers in vietnam yet this is exciting um so i translated it and it was a guy asking about uh vape juice and so i I go to my uh business page and realize that uh, i have been hacked and folks from southeast asia are using my page to sell vape juice uh and it's working out really well for them. Mm, so uh, quite possibly equally heinous content too. Oh, <laughs> all it, it's pretty close, pretty close. Um, Do they have durian scented uh, uh, flavored vape juice oh. on there? <laughs> Gerard, see yourself out, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, they, I log in and I realize they have uh, changed me from an, an administrator to an employee and they have set themselves up as admins. And uh, now I'm currently locked out again. I'm working with Facebook again, trying to get <laughs> my account back. Uh, odds are pretty good that once I have it back in my control, um, I, I may end up deleting uh, Facebook altogether, um, and just keeping my self-promotion and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yet to be seen. I've, I'm I'm pretty frustrated, but it's also yeah. a great tool. And you know, I use Facebook Messenger to stay in touch with you uh, clowns. So <laughs> that would be uh, that would be awful to to lose that. Would it? well maybe maybe i can just get john's number john you want to just shoot me your your mobile and we'll just text me i I do think the takeaway from kind of that whole ordeal is to kind of double down guys if you're interested at all in rob's brushes keeping on top of drops because rob every two we're saying every two weeks or twice a month like what's the rough schedule uh rough schedule is every two weeks uh every other tuesday Um, okay which back in my day uh, Mm. gather around children i'll tell you a tale (laughs) uh when i was a young man uh new music dropped on tuesdays um you know now with streaming services music drops you know all the time but it was on tuesdays so i dropped my brushes on tuesday um Hmm. but yeah if you if you go to chiselandhound.com 
scroll to the bottom of the page. You can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you'll get, I, I only send one email every two weeks and it's just a, hey, I'm going to have a drop. It's going to be at this time on this date. Click here and it'll take you to a, a gallery on the website where you can see what's coming. And uh, that's that's going to be your surefire way to stay informed of what I'm making, when it's going to be available. I promise I won't spam you, uh, but just in case anything happens with social media, <laughs> go sign up for the newsletter. Um, also, you know, on I used to post huge galleries on Facebook and Instagram, and you could see the stuff there. I, I've decided I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to just, you know, point you to, hey, I'm having a drop at this time. If you want to see what's available, go to the website, take a look. Mm. Um, because I can use higher quality photos on my website than I can on Instagram. Um, it just, I'd rather have one place where you go and take a look. Makes sense. So, Go sign up for that newsletter. Rob barely knows how to use it, so he's not going to be spamming you. Yeah, I'm just now figuring this thing out. He's like, oh, I have a newsletter. <laughs> so you know you're just getting the, the most important information. Um, beautiful brushes, too. I, I, don't think we, <laughs> I don't think we've said that, but <laughs> like, or we, we haven't said it enough. Beautiful brushes. Gerard and two, two I. Two new names for handle handles. One will be heinous oh. content, and two will be vape juice. <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, and durian. I'm looking. Durian. I'm, durian. Number three. So I'm looking forward to durian. to whatever, what, what heinous content, okay. vape juice, Actually, and durian. Okay. Great, great vape. I've I've got, I've got a couple here. Uh, maybe great vape juice. Great vape juice. Yep. That's definitely <laughs> a candidate for great vape juice. Oh. Or just uh, grape juice. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, I can't, in good conscience, name <laughs> anything after durian. So. You rather name it heinous act than than durian. <laughs> heinous content, or, or content, it would be John and Gerard's stupid durian brush. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you name it that, someone will buy it. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been talking for a while now, so thank you so much. It's been such a fun conversation that's gone all all over the place. Listeners won't know because I'll have edited down to something reasonable. But that's I thought, a good thing. Yeah, we <laughs> might a good, never yeah. recover. <laughs> it's for the best. When you have nothing, but, um, you don't have to recover anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I let's end on a positive note. This closing question. Um, what is something you're thankful for? Oh man, um, this is this is something that we do. This is a tradition at my house mm. every evening uh, before I put my son to bed. He sits in my lap and we talk about what we're grateful for that day. Yeah, oh, um, awesome. So I I'm grateful uh, to have the opportunity to do something that I enjoy. For people that I like, um, and that that there's an audience out there that, that appreciates my work, uh, that's very um, gratifying. It's very fulfilling, and I I don't take that for granted. Uh, I I appreciate very much the community and the way they support uh, not just Chisel and Hound, but other artisans as well. Um, you know, guys like you who are giving a platform to, to artisans, um, you know, people who care enough about these products, not just to spend their money, but to promote them on their pages with shave of the day photos and to talk about them on these, you know, in discord and subreddits and Facebook groups and all these things. I mean, this community is, uh, they really support their own and, that is uh that's not to be taken lightly and hmm. i'm grateful for that well rob is that very... ass kissy enough 
<laughs> I thought it was very genuine. I thought it was genuine. It's a happy. I'm glad it came off that way. I've been rehearsing that for weeks. <laughs> this is not being edited out for sure. <laughs> this will, this will... Stay in there. There's, I'm grateful that there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> Twirl the... <laughs> yeah, she twirls, twirls, twirls yeah. eyebrows. Yeah, eyebrows. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. Such a great time, Rob, uh, speaking with you. And on the way out, we, we mentioned, sign guys, sign up for the Chisel and Hound newsletter. Um, follow the Chisel and Hound Insta- Instagram account. Ch- check out future drops because I think Rob's always mixing it up, trying new things, and always beautiful brushes to be had on his website. So I think all that's left is to say thank you so much for your time, Rob. We, we really appreciate you spending some time uh, on-, on the show, and it's been a pleasure. John, Gerald, thank y'all very much. Y'all have a good evening. Ralph, take care of yourself. 